I, th- I think one of the issues we have is uh, we like to bring on our modern context and our modern ideas and impose them on these ancient ideas. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that attempts to break down cultural assumptions and view them from a biblical lens. I'm Josh Phillips, joined here, as always, by Shane Skirvin. Shane, what's going on, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. I'm, I uh, love talking about these issues. I know. It's been kind of crazy here. We're in the middle of a really good series here, but uh, we'll get that one second here. Uh, remember, you can always reach us on Twitter, at Lenses Switching, with any of your comments, critiques, or anything you'd like to shoot, shoot our way. Um, we're in the middle of a series right now called Answering the Atheist. And we've just finished a couple of episodes, three actually. We broke one of them in half because we talked way too much. <laughs> we're doing this new re- <laughs> we're doing this new remote uh, podcasting thing. We went out in the same room and I don't have a counter in front of me. So we just kept talking and talking and talking and talking. <laughs> only to realize when it was over, like, oh, we talked for a whole hour. Holy cow. We're going to have to switch that up a little bit. Cut it in half. Two episodes, but that's okay. It's a, we, had, we had fun. It was good, though. It was, good. it was a good talk. I think we yeah. I think we covered it quite extensively, and it worked out pretty well. So we're going we're, we're to continue in that. Um, we're going to take a couple more accusations today. Um, we're, we're entitling this, this, this episode, Enslaving People and Killing Cheaters. So <laughs> we're, going for the, we're going the clickbait way. We're going to have a title that sounds like that. So <laughs> on a more serious note, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk today about the issue of biblical slavery, because a lot of people have a real big problem with this. It's, um, I, I think some people don't believe it's in the Bible, but it is to some, to some degree. And uh, you, you can, let's, let's say, okay, we'll get there. We're, we're, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to talk about slavery in the Bible. And then we're also going to talk about uh, adultery in the Bible and how the Bible says to treat adultery, at least, at least in the Mosaic Law with both of these. The Mosaic Law, how, it, how we approach adultery, because a lot of people have a problem with this, don't they, Shane? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. It comes off uh, pretty hard. Well, actually, both of them come off um, like they're pretty harsh towards humanity, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it's 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 it's, it's understandable. People could have an issue with those if, if you don't oh, yeah. under, understand everything. But that's but that's why we're doing this. That's why we're we're going to talk about this. We're going to flush all this out and hopefully provide a, hopefully a, not not some clarity. Hopefully provide a lot of clarity on these two issues. So yeah, we all have to wrestle with them. We all have to. Um, uh, when we hit areas that can be a little hard to understand in the Bible, um, we we have to stop and consider and talk to other people and do some research and right. listen listen to podcasts and uh, and 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 work our way through them. Yeah, we talk about this. How you and I both we we love to come across these tough scriptures that you come across, or or, or even ideas where we're like, man, what do you do with this? We love the discussions. We love looking into the stuff and talking. It, and it really helps when we, when you have somebody to talk with and you actually go look in and do, do some biblical research and things like that. It, it really helps a lot. We shouldn't just sweep those under the rug. We should actually just run into them head on, I think. So. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go and get started on this. Let's take our first issue. We're going to take this idea of slavery. And um, I believe it's Sam Harris. He's our. We're, we're going to bring him. We're going to use him again for this one. I believe, right? This is a, a lot of people have brought this up. It's not just him, but uh, that was a, that was kind of where we originally got this idea, right, Shane? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So you're you're kind of you, you you. This was kind of your baby, your idea here for this episode. So I'm gonna make sure I'm make sure I'm uh, got the right right origin there. So we're talking this idea of slavery that. Um, in fact, actually, Sam Harris lays out this whole 
um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, thesis, this, this idea, um, which I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, it says, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, it lists out six points. Bible translations do talk of slaves. That's point one. Uh, point two, the Old Testament gives no objection to having slaves. Point three, the New Testament does not command the release of slaves and slaves are told to submit. Point four, therefore, biblical texts approve of slavery. Five, we know that slavery is wrong. And six is conclusion. Therefore, biblical texts approve of something that is wrong. That is the accusation he's bringing to all of Christianity. Yeah, all yeah, pretty, pretty. Court. Well, and, and uh, to uh, Judaism too, right? And Judaism, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, well, yeah, yeah. In this particular context, yes. Anyway, he, I, I would imagine he would go to after other other religions as well. But yeah, but this sp- specific what I just read dealt with yeah, kind of the Judeo Christian Old right. New Testament, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. all right, let's let's go ahead and let's start digging into this and let's kind of get it. Let's start with let's let's go into the Hebrew text. Let's go right into the word that appears. In, in the Old Testament, and it's this word. Now we're not Hebrew scholars, so please don't critique our pronunciation or the, you know we just we just we research. And so there's this bit, this Hebrew word ebed, as I understand, it's also pronounced or, or also as uh, eved, e b e d e v e d, and <clears throat> sometimes it's uh, translated as slave, and other times as servant, and so. That's a good starting point right there is understanding that that can be translated two different ways. Because Shane, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the confusion people have with that term slave when they read it in the Bible? Well, I, yeah, especially from um, our society, we immediately think of a race-based, uh, lifelong uh, chattel slavery. And, and chattel slavery is when it's your con- considered complete property with no rights. And so, you know, we, all of us come from, all of us essentially in life have baggage, right? We're coming from a cultural assumptions from a place, you know, so all of us are looking, uh, when we hear a word like slavery, we don't jump to that. Yeah. We jumped in the 19th century, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we're not coming to that neutral. We immediately take, um, what we consider, um, you know, the slavery of the, uh, in the plantations in the South before the civil war, we immediately take that and impose it on the text, which is like you said, the actual word, um, although there is some overlap, it is not at all meaning, um, a race-based lifelong chattel slavery. It's uh, more of, um, indentured servant or a bond servant indentured servitude where, where you serve, where you find yourself in an impoverished state and, or, or, and you're looking for, uh, for an example, uh, because we're Americans, we can take this as an example when you're, um, an impoverished worker in England or Wales or Ireland, um, uh, and you're looking for a way out, you're possibly starving in the potato famine, right? Yeah. And so you say, I will, I don't have any capital. I don't have any way to access capital, um, so I will, what I can offer is time and I will, I will work for seven years, for 10 years, um, to have a, a passage, um, across the Atlantic to the new world. And, and then when I get there, I have room and board. I work my, uh, uh, my loan off and uh, essentially my seven or 10 years. And then I'm a free person after that. And so that's a lot better, uh, 
enough equivalent to what an Oved would be than um, uh, chattel slavery. Right. Yeah. So, and so we're trying to understand this uh, biblical context of slavery. It's really, it's really more helpful to use the word servant, right? Like kind of like what you were saying, all these examples. Yeah. The servant. So, well, well, though there is, there is an aspect of it being a fixed contract. So I, I think like a, like a, it would be like a servant in, in a, in contract, a multi-year contract. I, I don't think it. Well, let me ask you this. If I say the word servant, how do you define that? What would you, what, what comes to your mind when you hear the word servant? Uh, I think of a hired labor. Okay. Um, and when you say hired, um, do you mean um, a, 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 serv- a person with the right to stop whenever they want to work, stop working whenever they want to, or I'm, I'm just trying to understand your specific definition of a servant. Like, like today we could, we could work, we'll work for a company. We can quit yes. anytime we want to. Yeah. Most of the time though, there are like, but like you, you started to use the word contract though. Mm-hmm. And so obviously if we're working for a contract, there could be some negative consequences if we just decide up and leave. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the majority of work, you know, that your average typical job that somebody has, you can just say, I quit or I two week notice, I'm out. Yeah. Or whatever. Are you saying that? So with, are you saying when you say a servant, a servant can do that? Um, well, in this case, they could not. Um, they're they're under a, like a contract. Right. Yeah, right. I'm just I'm just saying just for you, when you when you think of servant, mm-hmm. is that what, is that what you think of? Um, yes, I think of it like a hired hired worker. I I, I immediately take my where I'm coming from like a. I know we like, didn't discuss like, this before, before the show. <laughs> yeah, you immediately take your your definition of uh, of a worker and you try to impose it on that society. You know, so which isn't, which is is not helpful, right? Because I mean, we're looking at this. The there is no, um, uh, there's no companies you work for here in this uh, society where that was given the Mosaic Law. Uh, there's no uh, public housing. There's no safety net. So if, as the Bible says, if you got, fell in hard times, if you got impoverished, you had to hire yourself out into this situation. Well, it's not like you were saying it. It's really hard to impose modern ideas and even modern words to describe this, what's taking place during this time, yeah. this ancient time. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and I, th- I think what we're getting at is that's one of the big problems with trying to um, have any kind of judgment, I guess, on this is that it gets, tra- like you already said, this, this gets translated as slave, which of course we immediately jump to um, the Atlantic slave trade and what took place in America, which was a horrible thing, just to point out, it was, it was a terrible, yes. terrible thing. Uh, we immediately think when we hear slave, that's what we think of. And any any other time we hear of slave that ever happens in anywhere in human history, we immediately think, oh, that's what happened because that's what a slave is. That's what we know. That's the most recent in our history. But that's not true. That's not, that's not necessarily true. I should say, not necessarily true. And so what we're getting at is like in this time, it wasn't true, right? Where it might be more helpful to use the word servant. After all, that's how it is sometimes translated in fact uh we didn't talk about this actually and i meant to bring this up in the pre-show notes i know you hate it when i throw these curveballs out here (laughs) but especially when i have the question for you that i didn't tell you about uh which there'll be a couple more of those coming just fair warning (laughs) but i had read and i really man i really should have i should have had this in front of me to read directly so i quote it but uh i read that with the original king james version uh 
the word Ebed is translated as slave, I believe, two times. I think once in the Old Testament, once in the New Testament. I can't remember off the top of my head where those were at. I want to say the Old Testament reference was referring to uh, Israel, uh, well, the, the Jewish people when they were uh, slaves to Egypt. Yeah. I believe that's where it was translated slave. Everywhere else, it's translated as servant. Then as later translations came along, um, and I can't remember all the exact ones, but as they, as they got further and further along, for some reason, the word started getting translated as slave as opposed to servant. And more and more and more as they got further and further along, it just more and more as slave. And I thought, that's really interesting. Why did that happen? Especially given what's happened in our history. Like, why did that get so loose in that translation like that? Well, I, I think, you know, I could, I'm alluding to here, I'm guessing, but my thought is, is that people have kind of lost that category of uh, bond servants or indentured servitude, right? I right. mean, that's not, that's not really a feature in our society today. So that idea is kind of lost. Yeah. And it, it might've been because the category kind of disappeared. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that, actually. Let's talk about what slavery looked like back in those times and what the law said about that. So let's, let's kind of paint a picture here, Shane. Okay. okay. Um, if, if I'm living in ancient Israel, if I'm in this time of uh, just after the law, or, or I mean, or well after the law, you know, um, if I'm, if I'm in, living in ancient Israel and I'm, I'm going to be somebody's servant, bond servant, slave, whatever word you want to use there. What is that looking like? Well, what, I, I like the word bond. <laughs> if you're so, in bed, so I think you kind of broke up there. What? Well, oh, like I was the, just like saying, I, I like the word uh, bond servant. Okay, so you're a bond servant <laughs> back then. What did that look like? Um, well, you had uh, you had the same holidays as your master. You had the same days off. Um, you had you were uh, well fed, well clothed. Right out of, mm -hmm. at, yeah out of your uh, out of your employer uh, leaders um, uh, out of the same in the Bible it says that you know that you clothe and feed them the same mm -hmm. um, you uh, had legal protections and rights you couldn't just be you know killed or anything like that you you had you weren't considered just his uh, property or anything like that like a chattel right. Like, um, uh, you couldn't be, uh, if you're a female, which I think this is very important, you couldn't be, uh, sexually covert coerced, right. you couldn't become, you couldn't just be made into a, a sexual slave. Right. And, but, um, yeah, go ahead. Not only in, not only just like what, what kind of rights you had, but even in some cases there were, there were, there were some benefits, right? I mean, we were talking about Abraham's servants. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. His, his servants, um, they were they would if he would have passed away, he would receive they would inherit everything of his, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, we when we look at the example that's given in Genesis, he is the head servant of his house um, who exercised authority over everything, second to just to Abraham. Um, he was trusted with 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 finances, with uh, uh, even weapons mm -hmm. of defense of abraham's household you know so he was entrusted with no let's go ahead I'm, I'm, I'm sorry 
I was oh, saying, let's yeah. contrast that with what we typically think of, of slavery in modern times. Yeah, would any of that have ever happened? No, you. In fact, you couldn't even. Um, you would not even be allowed to read or write. Uh, you could be forbidden to even go to a church service. Well, we know Abraham's servant, the one we're talking about, the steward. Um, he uh, he prayed. He was a Abraham involved him in the faith that Abraham had. He made him swear according to God when he sent him on a, on a mission. Um, you know, he viewed him as a, he might have been in a. Um, uh, he might have been a servant, but he viewed him as a spiritual equal. You know, he might have been in a different economic situation, and Abraham was like his employer. But Abraham uh, involved him in uh, in the in the in the worship of the same God. He sent him uh, on a very important mission, and like we're saying, entrusted him with weapons, trusted him with finances. You know, so, so uh, this is not it, this is there's no equivalent to what Americans, you know, with, with us immediately looking to plantations, uh, slavery before the civil war, you know, there's no comparison. There was no, uh, was there ever, I, I mean, th those slaves that existed in that situation, uh, before the civil war, they were never entrusted with those, right? Oh, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. No. Um, yeah. So there was, it was, it's, it, it's, it's really quite different than what we typically think of when we think of slave. Don't we, we, don't we usually think of, this is somebody forced against their will, um, put into extremely hard labor, rights removed. Um, we might, might even think physical abuse in some cases, uh, some sexual abuse in some cases. Yeah, very but, easily. Yeah, yeah, that's usually our association, but that's not necessary. That's not true with what the Bible says. In fact, the law actually protected slaves. Yes. To some, I mean, uh, we let's talk about that for a little bit here. We know we know that uh, slaves had to be released after, or they had the option to be released after mm -hmm. seven years, right? And let's talk a little bit about that real quick. Um, as we know of, of of biblical slavery, they had the option to, but a lot of them chose, well, I don't, I don't want to put a number with it, uh, but we know that it wasn't so much a case of, oh, finally I'm free, I can get out of this horrible, horrible place. They had the option to stay. And as we know about some some slaves, we know that because of who they served, who their master, particular master was, that their life was actually better than a lot of other people's and to stay with their master and serve was act wasn't actually such a bad thing. Yeah. We, and we don't really have an equivalent where you would be, uh, it would become, it, it would be an employer, but it would also, um, obviously from like the text you're talking about, it would become like a mentor and it would be, it would ultimately become your community, mm -hmm. you know? So there, there is no, you know, we don't have any kind of path, or, or category that has that same equivalent, you know, I mean, this is where, um, um, this, this person that found themselves in dire strait and they hired themselves out as a bond servant. Um, this is where this would become their family, their community and their, their, uh, place of worship. And so as well as their, it's their housing and their job. So, you know, there's no, we don't even have a category like that. Yeah. Um, our, our economies are so vastly different. Yeah, and, and, and our society, our economies, and our society. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to. We'll get to a little bit of that more in a second here. Yeah, but it's 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 very it's very hard to understand, um, to grasp that. Uh, you know, I read something that was talking about, and I don't think this was um, slavery that occurred within Israel. I, I think this might have been Roman, possibly, but I don't remember. Either way, um, but I had heard that 
in some cases of slaves, there were some slave masters that owning slaves was just a show to show wealth. Look how many yes. slaves I have, which yes. actual, if you look into the actual, because they had so many, there really wasn't that much work to go around really yet. They're fixed up with this extremely wealthy person. They're living with them. Cause that's, that was the case a lot of the times, right? Or almost all mm -hmm. the time with slaves is that you got to live with this person. And like I said, you're entrusted with all those things like you talked about before. And so in some cases, like these guys weren't out in the field 16 hours a day in some cases. Mm. Oh, no, they call, they call that consumption slavery as opposed to like uh, production slavery. So again, it sort of shatters kind of what we think sometimes our associations we have with slavery. But, um, and, but it, to, to make the point though, it's it very different. It, it's, it wasn't rights stripped away and horrible physical abuse and things like that. It was, they had laws built within the mosaic laws that protected them of what, of how you could treat your slave and their rights, you know, as far as being let free and things like that. Um, there's also the one too, if you, what is it again? If like, if you, if you encounter a slave, another master that you don't return them mm -hmm. to the slave. Yeah. I mean, uh, because you don't know why. Yeah. Because you don't know why they took off. Yeah. They might've been in an adverse situation and took off for a reason. And so it's like, you weren't supposed to return them to that situation unless, you know, the idea was you would did not return them to that situation because you didn't know uh, what they were dealing with. I mean, even there, there's another layer of protection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So slavery was really different, right? Under mosaic law in Israel, it's not what we think of. Now, shame. I would little, say it's not even slavery. I, I would say yeah. you can't even use the same word. Yeah. That's the word that gets thrown around. Sorry. I yeah. just kind of slipped that in there. But <laughs> let, let's talk, but let's talk about um, ancient slavery in other nations of surrounding nations uh, back then. What did that slavery look like? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was literally, well, it was uh, definitely the Chattel slavery as far as you were uh, property, you know, and there, uh, I think it's in the, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's the Babylonian code. Um, code of Hammurabi. Um, if you help the slave escape, it was the death penalty for you for helping wow. the slave escape. Complete different. It's exact in inverse of the one you just said about how you didn't return them to their master because you don't know the situation. It was yeah. exact opposite. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, there, so when you see the mosaic law, one thing I think it's really cool is we find exactly what you would think you, you would look for something that deals with the fallen nature of man, where it's at something that's a mix of realism, but it also has a mix of idealism and it is, it's far more progressive. It's a light and it's a guide, uh, compared to the, the darkness that was around Israel at the time. So the dark pagan surrounding nations, um, the, their codes, for for society and for culture were far more brutal far more harsh and so in the mosaic law you definitely see um you know you see a moral standard you see regard for all of life regardless of of you know from the from the lowest levels of society to the highest levels you see regard for life at every level as well as you see um a progression like you had talked about where even when they're offered their freedom these um uh, bond servants, um, there's a provision made for them willingly going back and serving in their, uh, in what would be considered their master or employer, or however you want to describe that relationship, uh, boss, 
you, you see them willingly going back and working for him for the rest of their life. And so uh, I, I do, I do want to mention you have to look at it in its, its broader um, context that it is absolutely something that is uh, much more progressive than the, the following countries. But, but it makes an allowance for the fact that there are going to be people that are impoverished and um, that you can hire them and have them work for you. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> kind of what you were saying, it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week or the last two weeks about the law, how, how God called Israel to be different than the surrounding nations. Yes. So there was definitely a contrast in how um, servanthood, slavery, whatever word you want to use there, of how that was uh, being used. Um, wait let's a kind minute, of wrap wait, this topic wait. up. Well, I do got to point no, this no, out. I mean, let's go. Well, well, I mean, look how vastly different it is than uh, 2,000 years later, the slavery that existed in America. So mm -hmm. you talk about it if, if it was if it was progressive and a light back then. I mean, it's still being it's it's still progressive and a light even compared to the plantation slavery that existed in America, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, that that's a perfect example of it was, it was thousands of years and it was still much better, much more enlightened view of humanity. So right. I, I just want to point that out. Well, yeah, we had a nice little chart we had in our notes about comparing Old Testament slavery to Roman and New World slavery, about how characteristics of kidnapping, chaining chaining your slaves, uh, your workers, torturing, physical abuse, those were all qualities of Roman slavery and New World slavery. But those are yes. not permissible within Old Testament slavery. In fact, there's laws for any anybody that is doing those types of things. There's laws for uh, to punish them. If there is kind I, of abuse of I, the Go ahead. Kidnapping is the death penalty, right? To kidnap so. and hold someone against their will? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. quite a contrast, really. Mm -hmm. um, let's kind of tie a bow on this a little bit again. Okay. Let's try that. Um, I, th I think one of the issues we have is, uh, kind of what like we mentioned before, we like to bring on our modern context and our modern ideas and impose them on these ancient ideas. I think we, we already talked about the idea of the word slave. We've already, we've already addressed that. But also I think of, a, of an economic system um, I think what's kind of interesting is, you know, in our, in our modern economic system, we have government assistance and we, when people are in a tough spot, um, lost their job, whatever the reason might be, uh, we do have government programs put in place and we, I think we just naturally kind of just default to those when we think about people who, um, are poor or not well off or falling on hard times, whatever the reason might be. Um, but we have, we kind of default to that. But when we think about ancient cultures, you know, we talked about this in the, before is that did, first off, that didn't exist for number one, they didn't have those types of programs. So like kind of alluding to what you were saying before, if somebody can't work, doesn't have skills or whatever the reason might be, you know, like you said, they would kind of sort of agree to work for somebody for the set of period of time. Um, in doing that, they are able to survive, number one. Number two, they're learning skills if they didn't already know them. And then two, there's even laws, as stated in Deuteronomy, it says when, you're, when your servant uh, agrees to, if their servant agrees to leave after the seven years, do not send them empty-handed. You, you help them out. And yeah. so um, there, there was a system put in place back then. We got we to think about that, that it was different back then. We, we can't just put our, our modern context onto that. Um, 
with just how things are today. It's just it's just different. Yeah, the, yeah. Not only are the definitions, the words that we're translating, and they have uh, different uh, definitions. The economic system you can't match up. If you can't match up the words, it, it's like that. You can't match up the economic systems either. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you we can't just assume that we understand the context of these words and the the exact definitions of these words. We have mm -hmm. to do a little little digging, a little research to try to. Yeah. to get some understanding. And Sam, you know, a lot of times I do have to mention a lot of times when people uh, use these um, lines of attack against the Mosaic law, it's they're deliberately being brutally simple. The simplicity um, helps them in their argument the, uh, what everything in life is complicated and complex so many times. And uh, you know, there it's, it, it, it goes to their argument of attack to just use a very simplistic, uh, line of reasoning. And for him, he knows that's just an immediate, uh, it's an immediate flashback. Yeah, buzz, buzzword, take, right? Yeah. Buzzword. Yeah. To, to, to plant new world slavery. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a cheap shot because yeah. Yeah. He, he probably knows more than he's leading on what that was like. I think. Yeah. Of what's going on. But, um, so yeah, there we go. So there's again, attacking that assumption that, or that accusation that actual dehumanizing slavery took place in the Bible is just not true. It's just not true at all. Okay, that brings us to our next question here. We're talking about the idea of adultery in the Old Testament because uh, there's a lot of accusations uh, brought by atheists and skeptics about how adultery is treated in the Old Testament because as the Old Testament states, adultery is punishable by death. And to many skeptics and atheists, uh, they see that as quite extreme. Like, should we be doing that today? Should we be stoning or, or killing anybody that's committed adultery? And so, Shane, why don't you go and start us off here in handling this? And how do we, how do we respond to this, this accusation? Yeah, I, I think it's really important to look at it in its full um, context. So we're, we're talking about when the law was given to um, uh, the Israel society, um, the Mosaic law, Mount Sinai, it viewed adultery as a very serious offense. And, and, you know, Israel had the identity of the people that were carrying the promise that was gonna, um, uh, the promised Messiah that was going to redeem and, and, and bring the whole world back to God. So transmitting the faith from one generation to the next was of the utmost importance. In fact, um, the Bible indicates that that was one of the reasons Abraham was chosen to uh, start this nation was that he, because he would carry uh, the faith to the next generation, that he would raise his kids and his grandkids in the this uh, in this spirit of uh, faith in the uh, promised Messiah that was going to save the world. And so, um, he, I just I just want to make sure that it's clear that it's it's viewed very serious. Uh, the Bible, um, there's scriptures where God says, I'd literally hate divorce because I want you to have godly children and I don't want divorce and separation to break up your your family and break up the uh, the raising of this godly offspring, the great damage that can happen through divorce. And so um, it's very important to look at it in that context because us as Americans, we view relationships as part of uh, self-fulfillment, right? right? Josh, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's kind of that that whole individualistic consumer 
concept that we as, Amer as Americans we wrestle with is to look at another person as as the way to be for self accusation self um, actualization or self fulfillment. And so for us, uh, adultery is something that's not that big a deal. But for them, um, it was a life or death issue. And when we we talk about adultery being punishable by death, that was the warning. You know, it's something that was more prescribed um, than it was ever uh, uh, described as happening. You know, so I think it's really important to realize that when we talk about their law, it's not just a civil law. It's a uh, civil law combined with uh, a religious law. And there, there was always uh, a component to where you could be redeemed and brought back. And uh, I mentioned uh, three times um, in the Bible, just off the uh, top of my head, just thinking about it. And, and would you say, Josh, I mean, can you think of another one? I mean, these are the three that came to me. Yeah, go for quickly. it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, okay. Because I, and there might be another example. Uh, uh, so throw it out there if, if, if you remember. But um, David was guilty of adultery and he was pardoned. He was given a pardon and, and he, well, he was, he sought forgiveness. He sought redemption and mm -hmm. uh, he, it was granted to him. And uh, Jesus, when he was uh, in, in a situation where they brought an adulterous woman up to, to him, he pardoned her. He told her not to do it again, go and sin no more. He, he didn't say it wasn't serious what she did. He said, don't do it again. But he also said, uh, you know, you're going to be, you're going to receive mercy. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're not going to kill you. And then uh, Joseph, Jesus' dad, when, when he figured uh, Mary being um, uh, pregnant with uh, Jesus, um, he, to Joseph, it appeared to be uh, adultery. And he sought not, not to uh, have her punished to the full extent of the law but to just quietly divorce her. So the idea with, with Joseph, it wasn't even a, it knows so much that she would receive the death penalty. It was that he didn't want her just to be publicly humiliated because mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe at that time, uh, you know, that the Jews actually had a right to uh, publicly execute people, but he didn't even want her to have public ridicule. And so he was going to divorce her quietly. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to realize it's not just the law, how we view civil laws. Um, it was, uh, there was, with it being combined with the faith aspect of their community, there was uh, every, what, twice a day, there were sacrifices given for sins of the people mm -hmm. at the temple, where you could seek forgiveness and be, um, to be uh, pardoned. I mean, kind of the idea behind this adultery law was someone that was, not repentant, not looking to make things right, but was uh, pursuing that course of action um, completely. So there was a way back, if you will, under Jewish law. Right. And, and going back to what you started to ask me was <clears throat> other biblical uh, examples, the prophet Hosea, how he yes. was ordered. Great. Yes. Excellent. To, yes. To marry a prostitute and take her back. Uh, yeah. Take, yeah. After, after being unfaithful, uh, he was to take her back. Yes, that's another great example. Yeah. So, so do we have do we have an example of an adulterer being executed? Uh, I can't think of one. Uh, and I I can't think off the top of my head. No. Yeah, I no. I, I can't think of. But we here you just just off the top of our head, we have four cases of uh, an adulterer being pardoned, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I think we do we do violence to the Mosaic law when we view it only as a civil law and not as a civil and a faith law or religious law that had built in it literally – you talk about a structure. It was a literal physical structure where forgiveness could be sought, right? The, 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 the most central aspect of their society and their architecture – was their most ornate building was where you went to seek forgiveness from the penalty of the law, right? Right. So, so what you're saying is, and we've we kind of talked about this, is for God to have such a, by our definitions, a harsh uh, judgment towards sin, that it, in itself is showing the seriousness of which God views this. This is not a this is not a light matter. It's not something that we just take for granted again, sweep under the rug. This is a very serious issue. But at the same time, two things can be true at the same time. At the same time, there is mercy, there is grace, as we've seen through the throughout the Bible. That it's not just a harsh law, um, like you said, to be to be carried out every single time without mercy, without grace. Yes. Would I be accurate? In yeah, I mean, I'm putting mean, it that I mean, way. It's it's like, and it, that principle is still true to this day. I mean, our sins are more serious than we we care to admit, but we are more for. It's possible for us to be more forgiven than we can hope for, right? Yeah. I mean that that same tension runs all the way from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah, it's a little complex, I think, for us as humanity to really grasp that. I think we have this, this tendency, if we can get away with something, we just do it. <laughs> or or if the, if the consequences seem light, then it must not be that big of a deal. So to have this, this sort of, I think, sort of com complex idea that this is as serious as life and death, yet there's also mercy. I think many of us have a hard time treating that the way that we should. And living our lives as if that's true, if both sides of that are true. Yeah, far from being simplistic, which that would be kind of the charge that uh, this Mosaic law is simple and brutal. It's actually very complex, and it's yeah. actually it's 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 um, infused with mercy at every step. Which which that that side is completely ignored by the people that bring this charge. That you know they're just focusing on the civil penalty side of it, whether than rather than see. On uh, part of that very same law is a way back on the religious side and to be forgiven. Yeah, and like you were saying last week, we talked about the law in the previous two episodes. That even though we're not held to the law today, according to Paul and Romans and Jesus, uh, even though he came to fulfill it, um, there's still principles behind it that are true to this day and abiding. Yeah, yes, even though the actual law itself may not be law unto us the principle behind it in a way is there's there's certainly wisdom in those principle principles behind the law well, sure. what 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 business transaction and what relationship isn't built on trust i mean so the trust we're talking about um that should be available in marriage I mean, that's the same trust that keeps uh, people making business deals, contracts of every kind, you know, whether it's economics or relational, everything's built on trust. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, just kind of uh, sort of tie a bow on this. I hate to use that phrase, 
twice in one episode. Man, <laughs> oh, gotta get better at that. Uh, one kind of thing we were talking about with this is, and I'm just kind of piggybacking on what we were just saying a little bit, was our culture really doesn't treat adultery very seriously. I don't want to say it doesn't treat any seriously. Obviously, it does. People get extremely uh, angry and hurt when it occurs. But I guess as far as um, consequences go, there really aren't. There are uh, not on a civil level, I, I guess it was, there are certainly consequences. Um, I guess namely what I'm getting at is when adultery occurs, it, it breaks up the family. Or yeah. it, ten, it tends to. Uh, right? It certainly can. And I remember my the hometown I'm from, uh, I remember in the, in the space of just a few months, there was, I think, three murders involved with adultery. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a small town. You know, so it's still a life or death issue for some people. Yeah. But, but we, don't, we don't always think of it in those terms, though, really, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, uh, it, it's, fun, it's funny that how we, how we view that as being really harsh, but... You know, we we live in a I guess uh, times that don't treat it really seriously. Not, not, not I, that. Go ahead. Except, ironically, uh, every almost every what historically every community is built on the family. I mean, every community is a collection of families, um, and the family. I mean, it's literally the it's the uh, building block of every every community in every nation. And so breaking that apart should be a pretty big deal. I'm not trying to sound harsh, but it's like what you said when miss um, uh, within the law, also it being on what, you know, having the law. And then on the other hand, having mercy, um, you still, if you're going to look at one hand and look at the law, it's a very serious matter um, destroying the fabric of one's community or nation. Right. Yeah. Uh, jeopardizing the raising of the next generation. Uh, it is a big deal. You know, it yeah. should be viewed. Um, as something you don't want to do um, at all. Yeah, very, very, it's a very serious issue. Very serious yeah. issue here. So, well, Shane, that's going to wrap us up for today. Okay. Uh, it was great covering both these issues: this idea of slavery and and uh, and harsh punishment for adultery. I think these, these are things that need to be talked about. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad, glad we got together. And we could do this. So, yeah, absolutely. They, they should be brought up and dealt with so that way people aren't caught off. Christians aren't, and people that read the Bible aren't caught off guard when someone um, doesn't have the best of, uh, what we would say doesn't have the best of motives are trying to use it as a weapon. Yeah. And hopefully we provided some clarity. Hopefully we gave people something, you know, if you're ever, if you're confronted with one of these accusations about Christianity or the Bible, that hopefully you have a little something that you can you guys have a good, good discussion, a good conversation with somebody and shed a little light. A little context. The, yeah. Yeah. And hopefully have really, uh, hopefully have a really, a really, a really good discussion with somebody and really and that would point them towards Jesus. Hopefully that of course would be the goal. So, okay. So that's going to wrap us up. Remember people, you can always rep, you can always reach us on Twitter at lenses switching and we will continue our series next week with our next topic and shane thanks for joining me tonight i know it's another late one thanks for hanging in there (laughs) thanks josh i had a great time and we will see you guys next time